Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast, a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice. To get involved, go to xyadvisor.com or simply download the XY Advisor app. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Astute Wheel. Provide valuable goals-based advice using simple-to-use online client data collection tools, have values and goals discussions, conduct live modeling, produce file notes, strategy papers, SOAs, and automate compliance. Welcome back to the XY Advisor Podcast. I'm Fraser Jack, and today we are kicking off a series that is all around the idea of client values and goals and setting goals with your clients and all those great, amazing things that add so much value to your client experience. Uh, we're doing this a little bit differently today. We are, we're going to be talking to a number of different uh, advisors and planners and people around the country uh, on a whole lot of different topics. So each episode of this podcast is not necessarily going to be one person, but we're just going to refer to a particular topic. And today's topic is really, we're kicking off this this uh, at the beginning of the process, the, pre, the pre-engagement the pre stuff, the idea around what, do, what, what is the messaging out there in the marketplace uh, with clients? What are clients telling each other at barbecues? How are they referring to the idea of goals and values-based financial planning uh, in the first place? And today we are joined by Naomi Rosenthal. G'day, Naomi. Hi, Fraser. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Now, do you want to, um, well, let's start by giving the uh, listeners a quick overview of you and your business. Thanks very much. Uh, So I've been in the industry for 21 years now. Uh, I come from a family of financial planners. My dad was a financial advisor and uh, I joined his business back in 2005 uh, and we worked together for around about 10 years. Um, And then I joined a a small licensee, a one-man band licensee called Professional Wealth Services uh, back in 20. 2013. I started working with PWS in 2011 in a mentorship um, role where I was being mentored by uh, the director of that business and then joined them in 2013. And we've since expanded and grown that business. I took over uh, the business I was working in with my father and uh, we now have a much uh, bigger team than just uh, him and I and a couple of support staff. We've got five advisors. We've got four directors in the business. I'm one of them. And uh, we have a whole range of support staff to help us. And we really have sort of two businesses in uh, the advice side of the business and also the license side of the business. So we're trying to grow uh, professional wealth services to be a licensee of choice uh, for a like-minded advisor. Yes, fantastic. Thank you. So it's a really interesting pathway. I always love to hear people's stories about how they got into financial planning in the first place, because it's a it's certainly an interesting one. Obviously, it was your destiny to become part of you know your succession for your father's business. I put it off for a long yeah. time. I studied psychology at uni, and it was never my goal to be an advisor. But here I am. It was destined to be. I think psychology is a fantastic grounding for financial advice and the conversations because so often you're trying to work out what's going on in somebody's head when it comes to their the, the way that they make money decisions, uh, and then you're then translating the you know the the product and the strategy side, of course, and how that fits in with the client's goals and values. And, and so I think it's a I think it's an amazing grounding. I, I actually not I'm not I am surprised that it's not one of the um, one of the subjects that uh, that should be a part of the ongoing education. I completely agree, Fraser, and uh, one of the passions I have within the financial advice world is around behavioural uh, finance and the psychology of money. Yes, fantastic. Uh, well, let's get into that. Speaking of behavioural psychology and how humans work, let's certainly get into this because I want to talk about the concept um, in this episode around that conversation at a barbecue. Clients talking about what it is, what financial planning is. There's obviously um, there's some messaging that we could probably do better, I think, when it comes to, you know, uh, what consumers, what's the real value in financial advice. Um, and so so let's kick that off with a conversation of what, what should um, clients or how can we get clients to think in a particular way when it is discussing it with their friends around the barbecue? 
Fraser, look, I agree. It really is um, a hard topic for barbecue conversations in some regard. I, Because I've grown up in this industry, I always just assumed people knew that a financial advisors existed. Um, and it never occurred to me that really most people don't know who we are and what we do and how we help. Uh, so those conversations around the barbecue when you're not there um, are really all about, you know, oh, what are you doing with your money? And, and how much did you spend on your house? And, you know, there's no real depth to looking at things holistically. And I think that's where a financial advisor's value really comes through is in that um, broader view of somebody's overarching financial position and how you can move them uh, from where they are today and where they want to be. What are those goals and objectives? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and when I think about this, uh, some of those money conversations that take place beforehand can often be around specific, you know, product buying a house or buying a car or buying a, you know, those product type conversations rather than the idea of, you know, are you really happy with where you're at? Yeah, exactly. And I think also the barbecue conversations, people aren't 100% honest about their situation because they're, you know, maybe a little concerned or scared or, you know, they're not where they want to be. Uh, and so they're projecting perhaps an image of um, being better in a better place than perhaps they actually are. Uh, and also there's a lack of understanding of necessarily exactly where do they fit for themselves. Um, and there's comparisons with others. People love to kind of get a feel for how does my situation compare with your situation, that whole keeping up with the Joneses scenario, um, rather than really thinking individually around where am I at and where do I want to be and how do I get there. This is a classic um, benchmarking 101, right? This is just like do I where do I fit in? And, and I think does this come back to the concept of the more – you know, theoretically, within our society, the more money you have, the better person you are, and all that sort of, all that sort of, really. That let's face it, that's crap, right? Yeah, totally. The idea of, uh, you know, uh, if someone's got more money, they must have been more successful than you. Mm. Yeah, and and so those yeah conversations around the yeah that psychology of money and and how we see money and what money actually means to us individually versus the more broader community or society oriented perspectives on money. Um, it's really an interesting dynamic there. Yeah. So if we had a blank piece of paper and uh, we you know, we could reshape that conversation as to what we might want it to be. And and obviously this is getting to the point that if we had a blank piece of paper and we could reshape the conversation for these clients or these potential clients to be talking about what we offer as a service, um, what, what could we, uh, what could we, how could we reshape that conversation? That's a really great question, Fraser. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking it should be around uh, happiness and goals and values and those sorts of things. What, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, look, why? Yeah, why are we talking specifics of you know how to? How, I am in crypto. That's my the favorite you know FOMO flavor of the week. Um, are you in crypto? I'm in crypto. Um, to more around, well, what's the purpose of crypto? Where's it going to get you? Is it actually going to meet the goals that you have? Um, you know, yeah, let's talk about, well, what's important to you um, uh, in terms of what will help you, um, you know, have the lifestyle that you're looking for. Uh, and so, yeah, reshape those conversations to be very much directed around, you know, what what is important to that person? What do they really value in life? Do they value the fast cars and having a bunch of money in the bank and, you know, having a, a million dollar crypto portfolio that looks like 200000 a week later? Or, you know, do they value family uh, do they value the work that they do? Do they value being rewarded for the work that they do, i.e., you know, the income that they're receiving and really yeah, change the nature of the conversation to be much more individualistic around what's important to those people and what they're striving to achieve? Yeah. What I really got out of what you just said then is, um, you know, what's the purpose? Um, and then it made me think of what you were saying is let's forget about the how piece and, and start focusing on the why why are you, you know, why do you really want that money? Why do you, why do you need that much? Why do you need $10 million worth of crypto or not? Uh, all yeah. those conversations. I think, I th I think imagine, Simon uh, Sinek would be very proud. 
Yeah, yeah, we're definitely uh, quoting a few of his uh, of his ideas. So, so if that's the case, if, if the idea around the uh, that you know, let's it, it might not be a barbecue. Uh, if the idea around client conversations around somebody who was a client of your business um, talking to somebody who wasn't a client of your business, yeah, how could how could we get them to then focus on asking some really deep questions of their of their friends to say, well, you know, I go to a financial planner who uh, doesn't worry about the the how we're going to do it, but um, looks at the why first. Yeah, look, I, I, it, it's, a, it's a hard ask if even from my perspective, I'm not really that used to um, positioning myself in that way. You know, I think my, you know, having just been invested in this industry for so long, you are so used to it that you don't necessarily position yourself from that perspective. Um, so, yeah, it, it's challenging. I think it's a way, yeah, a way forward really is to, yeah, may help people understand that what we do is much more holistic um, and, and rather than piecemeal, um, that we'd rather, as much as a lot of the conversations can be event-driven, um, that it's only one aspect of looking at the overall picture. Um, you know, I'm finding with some of the referrals I've been getting at the moment, it, it is quite event-driven. Um, you know, this has been happening or that's been happening. Um, and, and that's really just opening the door to it. So then the, the conversation broadens from there. Um, but I find that yeah, you know, people do tend to come to us because something is going on in their world um, that needs looking at. And then once they're, you know, having a conversation with you, you start asking the deeper questions around, you know, well, what, you know, where's that? What, what are the goals that you have? What are, what are you looking to achieve? What values do you hold? Mm, fantastic. So um, let's let's go down that event-driven conversation because I think that's really important too. If you are thinking about setting up a branding or marketing in any particular way for a business, you should be very much focused on if the, if the event-driven or the trigger is the event, um, then what are those um, trigger events of your ideal client, I guess? Uh, and then how can you then produce some sort of branding material around those events, then, then that, that, that lead the, into the questions of why do you want this or, or you know, how specifically or whatever it might be. What sort of events are you seeing for your target clients? Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, change in employment, uh, whether it's a significant pay increase or a change in, in their role within the organisation or it's a change of organisation altogether um, or maybe it's a redundancy that they've, um, you know, because of cha- changing nature of the work. Um, it, house purchase is a really big one at the moment. <laughs> Um, literally it's literally it's a very big one huge very Uh, big purchase prices yeah Yeah. and and high prices and so I've got people struggling with how do you get to the point where you can actually get into the market when the market is well ahead of where they're capable of creating the savings to to step into that um, on the one side and then on the flip side I've got clients having to make decisions around selling property in order to then fund retirement uh, more effectively. Um, So it's two sides to the same coin on that one. Um, uh, Other events that are are triggers for people might be around protecting their families. Um, I think because of COVID, that's something that's come up a little bit more into people's frame of reference. Insurance is never bought, it's sold, and yet we're coming into an era, I think that people are starting to acknowledge that protecting their family is actually a higher priority than it's ever been. Yeah, fantastic. I actually see um, insurance as contingency planning for a lot of uh, people's goals as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, and I, I agree. I've heard that saying a few times. Yeah. It's the foundation of any good financial plan is to make sure there's a, a, a backbone in there in case shit hits the fan. <laughs> you want to. <laughs> Very much so. Look, uh, that's our first, uh, uh, and, and Amy, thank you for catching up to us on the uh, conversation of how do we uh, how do we sort of talk about this from a pre, um, pre-clients coming into the office point of view. Uh, we look forward to catching you in the next episode when we start getting into the concept of um, you're really engaging clients once, they, uh, once they've uh, engaged your services. So we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, Fred. So I'll see you then. Our next guest on the show is Craig Buntain. Welcome, Craig. G'day, Fraser. How are you? 
Very well. Now, do you want to give the uh, the listeners a quick overview of you and your business? Yeah, uh, my name's Craig uh, Buntaina. I have been uh, practicing financial planner since about 1999. Um, I'm one of the uh, owners and directors of a relatively small uh, boutique uh, planning business uh, in Brisbane called uh, CFL Financial Planning. Uh, where uh, well, we've recently moved to serviced offices uh, in uh, Queen Street. So um, enjoying life a different way. <laughs> yes, and of course, uh, just quickly, we can still, you can still get around in Brisbane at the moment with lockdowns? Yes, I certainly can, um, <laughs> which is great. Um, with a mask on, albeit, but yes, we can yep. uh, get around the place. Uh, although a lot of clients are still preferring uh, the online meetings uh, yep. at this point in time. Yep. Now, we're talking about all things towards the idea around um, uh, branding and understanding why we do goals-based financial advice. Now, uh, from a client point of view, we're talking about the concept of um, you know what they should be saying uh, about about the advice that they receive and why why goals based actually um, is great for them. Uh, what are you doing in your business regarding to that sort of that pre exist or pre client? They're not even a client yet. Um, uh, branding and information that you put out around uh, goals based advice. Yeah, I suppose um, we don't do very much uh, in. In terms of marketing, uh, particularly to externals, we're a relatively um, small practice that really just takes referrals from existing clients and a couple of um, centers of influence. But all the uh, information that we put out is very um, on processes is very goals based and goals driven. So uh, even in terms of all of our testimonials, we ask clients to mention the goals that they had and then the you know the fact that they achieved them. Um, so our advice is very personalized and I suppose that's the message that we get out. Um, and I think that really sums up that that's goals based because everyone's goals are different. Yep. And um, and you've got a you've got a fairly clear process. You mentioned that um, it it might not be one to the marketplace, but you have a very sort of uh, clear approach on how you get um, new new business into your business. Um, and as you mentioned, the idea of getting those testimonials. Yeah, that's right. So as soon as we get say a lead or a referral, um, we're uh, sending them out a welcome pack, uh, and that sort of welcome pack tells them how we do things. Uh, and what the process is, uh, they get booked in, and then we do uh, kind of a discovery slash triage call to make sure that one, they're a good fit for our business, um, but but two, that we can actually help them. Um, you know, there's no point us meeting with a whole bunch of clients that really don't fit our model right from the start, or um, yeah, we're we're going to be way too expensive for them, or the we tend to prefer um, fairly complex advice clients rather than one-off advice clients. Um, so we we much prefer to talk to them and see what areas we can help them with. Um, yep. and, and that kind of is the start of the goals conversation. And when you're doing that, com- when you're looking for that complexity, which is, I guess, what you are looking for, uh, is, is chunking down into their goals something that's such an important part of that? It is. I mean, that's the big buy-in. So, you know, really that those conversations that we have in the initial part just about their goals, um, I, I regularly get referred to. That's the best conversation I've had about my, you know, finances or my planning um, ever. And quite often the first meeting that I have, it's the best meeting that clients have ever had. And, and we get regular comments about that because we're really just talking all about them and hardly anything about us other than the fact that, yes, um, we can help. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that. I'm keen to uh, unpack this with regards to in the next few episodes with regards to how you do those meetings because I, I, I know that the structure is really important. Okay. Um, and just, but before we go there though, I'm just the, with the welcome pack that you send out, this is so this is the pre, they're not a client yet. They haven't even met you in person yet. You may, may or not have had a, uh, a triage call with them. What's What do you send them in that welcome pack? Yeah, the welcome pack's got a few things in there. It's um, it explains to them our process and our um, philosophies. So, you know, the philosophies of the six areas of advice that we we cover and what each of those is in kind of broad terms uh, to get them 
uh, I suppose, acquainted with some of the terminology because uh, I think we're all pretty guilty of using jargon that nobody understands in this industry. So it's kind of introducing them to that sort of um, thinking, I suppose, and getting them ready uh, with the the key idea is to get them thinking about um, their goals and their objectives before they start filling in any documentation for us so that they're doing it with that kind of lens. Yeah, this is really interesting. About, and and uh, what I really like about it is the structure, and you mentioned you've done some work with Blackwing in the past um, around setting this out with, the, with regards to um, this is the way we do things around here. It's different. It's a different approach than you might get with another um, business. And how, yeah, exactly. how important is that different differentiation? Um, yeah, I suppose it's what we've become known for amongst our clients is that, you know, when they're having a conversation with someone else who's got a financial planner that's complaining, you know, they're complaining about their, you know, uh, planner or something that's happened or complaining about a product more often than the actual advisor. Um, they talk to our clients and our clients, well, half of them aren't really even concerned about what products they've got. The, the product isn't the thing. It's actually the goal and whether they're meeting it. Um, it it's all about strategy. Yep. And um, and the next thing and the next thing I wanted to mention on that is um, your process about how to refer so clients then know what to do if they actually if they think of something or they speak to something they know what to physically do next. Yes, yeah. So we we do have a process uh, that does that. I, I must say we're not one hundred percent successful with it, <laughs> um, but I don't think anyone is with one of those processes. But yes, our uh, process is essentially at the at the end of uh, implementing a, an initial client, um, their uh, their strategies or their financial plan that we originally set up. Um, we actually uh, explain to them that they're the perfect client that we like to work with. Um, and we tell them why, what the characteristics are about them that make them such a great client for us. And then we effectively just say, look, you know, our business is, is, is growing the way that we like to grow is through referrals. Um, and we want to work with people that we enjoy working with and they're people just like you. Um, so if you've got any family or friends that you think we could help the same way that we've helped you, um, please feel free to refer them. And then we give them um, basically some free vouchers for appointments um, and access to things like eBooks and things like that, just to give uh, a few little giveaways to get people thinking about financial planning. Yeah, uh, it's, it's an interesting process there. The old voucher, isn't it? We sort of get these vouchers, and when, but it's not for you, it's to give to somebody else. So it's a- That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the other thing is we we have incentivized clients in the past as well um, in terms of uh, a discount on their fees if if a referral that um, comes through is successful. Uh, We're we're tending not to do that these days. There's not enough margin. (laughs) Not what this particular podcast is about, but uh, uh, Craig, thanks for sharing your thoughts on on this particular topic around, uh, you know, getting new clients in and branding. That's all right. And now I'd like to welcome our next guest when we're talking about all things towards uh, branding uh, and the messaging that's out in the marketplace. Welcome, Kate Americano. Thanks, Fraser. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Now, do you want to give the listeners a quick overview of you and what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've actually just taken the leap of faith into my own coaching business um, last year into business coaching, values coaching and life's designing. Um, Prior to that, I was... 30 years in financial services and the last 19 years spent working at a licensee, uh, working directly with financial planners and doing a lot of business coaching around their businesses. So, um, well, financial planners are always my niche. Um, what I've found is that there's been a real lot of opportunity to coach people outside that as well. So businesses that are outside financial planning and also clients directly just in terms of a lot of their values coaching, um, teenagers, mothers, um, and even retirees now are kind of engaging in terms of that as well. Yeah, fantastic. So you like helping planners to help people, but also you like helping people. So, uh, and funnily enough, they've all got goals and values to uh, to talk to them about. They sure do. And and at the end of the day, Fraser, like it doesn't matter where, whether it's the financial planner chatting in terms of it, they're all looking in terms of that current you versus future you and the gap. How do I bridge that gap? And how can I, you know, what are the things that I need to be able to do that? And yeah, the first place to be able to start there is obviously with those values so you can understand what's important to them. 
Yep, fantastic. And speaking about a place to start, we're sort of starting the uh, the series on the idea of uh, what are some of the things that clients uh, should be saying around their you know their financial advice that they're getting. What are some of the messaging and branding? Um, the hope is obviously that you know if we can get this part right, then as we're building goals-based and values-based businesses, um, that we're actually doing it because we we want this messaging to be uh, to be you know out there. We want this to be the basis of the of how we build our business. Yeah, I mean, if we look at what clients value, this is um, this is even directly just from David Haynes and what he was saying in terms of that phrase, and I absolutely love it, is because, you know, they clients want you to know me, my, know my family, understand me, help me, simplify me, declutter me, and reduce my anxiety. So, um, you know, they're all really, really personal, you know, reasons and and very dear to people's hearts. So, obviously, the managing the the wealth and and the financial and superannuation investment, all that's really, really important. But they want to be known, um, and they're definitely the things that I would want um, as a as a financial planner that I would want my client be chatting to their friends at barbecues about me as with my financial advice. As you said that, I thought of the word understanding, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know, there's a, there's been a lot of talk in the profession lately about the idea of clients understanding the advice. Uh, and I think probably the beginning part to that from what you're alluding to is the idea that uh, cl- uh, advisors understanding the clients. A hundred percent. And, you know, one of the big questions I think for advisors right now is they often want to know what clients value. Um, and I guess the question for them is just to really ask themselves is how do you know what your clients value if you don't know what their values are, you know? And and this is actually a progression from that goals-based advice. We're moving, we've, we've been doing that goals-based advice. Value-based advice has been around for quite a while now, but it's actually now really coming to the forefront because people want you to know much more about them than just about their money and their assets and things like that. They want a much deeper understanding around it. Yeah, when I think about these two uh, working together, they're hand in hand. The values are the you know a person's human uh, motivators, the things that really drive them, that light them up inside. Um, and then the goals are just the the actions or parameters or you know things that are around those, and 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 they're so well linked, aren't they? They are. They're really, really well linked. And when you actually have them in alignment, uh, clients are naturally happier, feel happier um, when you're congruent and in alignment with your values. And particularly if you're overlaying that with your money goals as well, when when they're in complete alignment, that's when you're feeling good about, um, well, certainly the advice and what you're doing and clients are more likely to stay on track with that. Whereas if you're completely out of alignment, um, that's when you get them, yeah, you know, spending money on things they shouldn't be because they're anxious or stressed and doing things the wrong way instead of actually you know um yeah being being in alignment with their values and their their overall financial well-being and we'll talk a little bit more in the in the future future episodes around how to um how to make sure they are in alignment but just going to the idea of them not being in alignment at the moment uh that's certainly an area that um that you know when the habits are very hard to form and when they do um you know they stick but uh, obviously if something's non-alignment, then it pretty much won't happen. Yeah, completely won't happen um, because they just – well, and a lot of people actually just don't even know what their values are because they've simply not ever been asked. They're just um, going quite blindly with that. They'll have a gut feel. You, you'll know in your gut when you're in alignment because it feels good and whatever you're doing feels right. Uh, and when you're out of alignment – um, with your values, you just have that, you know, that gut feel that is wrong. And it's a really good gauge with other people. Like when you, when you actually, whether you're using it in the, um, the financial planning practice, the corporate world, it doesn't matter with people in a social environment. When you are actually, you can relate to people who are, who have similar values to you. Yeah. Um, and when you understand why, it, what other people's values are, you have much more empathy and compassion and understanding for them as well. So it actually allows you to be much more harmonious in your workforces and in your businesses. Yep, fantastic. And we're going to, I'm going to ask you the question when we get to episode three around uh, how do you actually elicit or find out what somebody's values are. But before we do that, uh, in this episode, I want to I want to talk about the idea of what you want your clients or what um, the end client sh- should be saying to other people around the benefit of um, you know getting goals and values based advice. What, what what's the messaging that we should be striving for? Yeah, for that I would really say that 
my the the difference with that be is that my advisor understands me first and foremost, and they understand my family and they care about me. Um, and as part of that, they are actually um, you know do it's all the financial planning side of it as well. So they they care about my family, they care about my assets, they care about they take care of me. Um, that that they're the guardian, they're the guardian of my. Um, money, they're the guardian of my family and they really stop me from making bad decisions. That's what I, that's what I like my financial planner to do for me. Um, is, is that real, yeah, that peace of mind and knowing that I've got that sounding board and that trusted advisor that I can actually rely on and go to when, when times are tough and when I've just got ideas I want to bounce off them. Yeah, do you find that um, the in, in the old world there was a lot of conversations then just around product? Uh, you mentioned things like taking care of me and you know having my back and stopping make, making bad dis- decisions. Uh, you didn't mention product at all in, the, in that, um, but also there's a, there is an interesting space around this that I'm thinking around um, uh, tracking around actual quantifying that information. Like how do, how does a, a client quantify what's been good uh, in the goals based advice world? Or good advice. Uh, the way that advisors have been doing that is having that great um, the the tracking system. The way the way I've seen advisors do that really well is that green, red, um, you know, and, and the uh, amber in terms of being on track for their goals or not on track for their goals. Um, so yeah, they're the and one advisor in particular had done a really beautiful job on the reporting in terms of are we on track for the accumulators and then for the retirees and so how are we and and he actually did build you know build his own sort of report off the back of it but really demonstrated for at that annual progress meeting okay you are for the accumulators look here this is what we're targeting in terms of whether it was their superannuation or their investments this is what we're targeting you are you currently agreeing on that or you're amber or where you know your debt's gone way out but that's okay you know like this is where we need to catch up or you're behind so just that lovely ahead and behind um indicator is really really valuable obviously it has all the stats and all the numbers underneath it to show um the people who wanting that really detailed analysis um but an overall um, summary and visual to be able to give to his clients. He, that actually completely transformed his business when he introduced that because it changed it from just being, um, what was perceived an annual review and may not have had necessarily the meaning to the client and, and mattered to the client the same way. But as soon as he flipped it around and introduced this traffic based sort of system, clients were actually, um, loving that so much and therefore referring he got a heap of referrals out of it because you'd go they clients would go and show all their friends what they were getting from their advisor and they're like oh my god my daddy talks about product and superannuation you know i i want to i want that advisor yeah it's interesting isn't it which is exactly what the messaging we're trying to get and I, i i really think that's a um, important to keep it simple in that space, you know. Like it's the the, the client can just say, "I'm a, I'm ahead or behind, I'm tracking towards my goal." 100%. That's the that's that's the that's the comment that you want them to be saying at the barbecue, I suppose. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And fantastic, Kate. Thanks so much for your time today. We look forward to uh, catching you in the next episode when we start talking about, um, you know, just when, when the clients come in and how do you start engaging them. So we'll catch you in the next episode. Okay. See you. Bye. Welcome to the show, Tim. G'day, Fraser. How are you? Very well, very well. Now, do you want to give the listeners a quick overview of you? I would love to. Uh, my name is Tim Henry, obviously, and I've got a business in Melbourne uh, called Aspire Planning, and we've been around for around, oh, coming up for six years, and we've put a really big focus on our business on the life element, if you like. I call it the life element because I feel like that sits in front of the goals element and it's really just about that life element first and and finances second, but obviously with a clear focus on providing those financial strategies to back it up. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Thank you uh, for being part of the series. This is, of course, uh, uh, episode one of a six-part series. Uh, All things around values, life, and, uh, you know, financial planning with regards to goals-based financial planning. Love it. Uh, so look, the, the first, uh, series we're talking today very much around the branding, um, the things that you would want your clients to say 
about your business uh, to their friends at the um, you know at the barbecue when they're talking about the process that have just been yeah, through. Cool. Tell us about uh, tell us about what that might be for you. Well, I think you know I've I we've touched on this. I've been on uh, XY before, and we touched on uh, the fact I, I had a different background from being in financial advice, uh, as I guess a lot of people do. And it wasn't that I was anti the industry coming in, but I did think that the industry was a little bit self-absorbed or self-focused. Is it, is that bad to say that? But um, I think it's about, for me, I want uh, people to think that we're a human aspect, um, a human version of financial advice. So it's not just turning up and, and having financial numbers rammed down your throat that we're solving real-life problems for people and they're feeling good about how, they get, how their life is going and what their finances play in that situation. Excellent. So the idea around that feeling good, um, you know, uh, one of your clients saying they've just come out, they've, they've done some work with you guys, they've put something in place and they're feeling good about what? What's the thing that they're feeling good about? I think they're feeling good about... Um, their direction and their momentum. Um, more than anything, I've I got a really strong belief that um, people are emotional. Uh, I think that the, there's a saying that says something like, we are feeling beings that have the ability to think. So I think quite often we we put the thinking part in front and we talk logical stuff. Um, people are going to feel something first and then they're going to think something about it second. So we want them to feel like I'm building momentum, I'm heading in the direction I want to head, and I'm really clear where I'm going, and I feel like I can get there. Yep. Simple as that. Fantastic. You're, you're kinesthetic the way I am too. Um, so that, uh, so that, uh, of course, we always, uh, we always get, we're always guilty of jumping to the practical side yeah. first. Where we, you know, we think, oh, we've got to, there, there is a problem. I can solve that. I can jump on top of that. That's probably easier than getting into someone's emotions, but we do know that, you know, you're right, people are emotional and that's how they make decisions. Absolutely. And I think as well, like if you, I think this is a perfect thing to talk about with branding because, uh, and I probably think this coming from that retail background, people only really remember one or two, if you're lucky, two things um, about you. And they're probably only going to have a real strong comment about one element of what they liked about you. So what is that one thing that you want to nail? And for us, I really feel like we we just want to nail that feeling of momentum and control for them. I know where I'm going and I know what is possible. And I think if people, you ask people when they have anxiety about their financial situation or where their life's heading, it normally would be that they don't know what's possible and they don't know if they've got control or whether they can get there. Yeah, so taking them from that feeling of the feeling of uncertainty or yeah. unsure, uh, or even anxiety for that matter, because I think there could be a lot of anxiety around visiting a yeah. financial uh, financial advisor, um, and then giving them walking out of your office with a feeling of uh, control and momentum, like they're heading in a direction towards something. And empowerment. You know, I think the thing is that um, what would be the fear? Well, you talked about the fear. What would be the fear for people to go, well, they're going to talk at a level that's over my head or they're, they're going to talk numbers at me and I'm not very good with numbers. So, you know, at the barbecue, we're wanting people to be saying it was a great experience. Like, well, I understand what I'm doing. I understand the numbers. And even though they mightn't understand all everything about the numbers, they don't have to. They just understand that the numbers mean I can do this. Yep. So, so the, fantastic. And I like the idea of dispelling the fear. Um, with the, that said, how are you going with your branding? What are you doing in your marketing and branding with your, you know, to new clients that haven't been to the into see you yet? Um, how are you getting that message out to them? When you say branding, I guess you're meaning what our version of this stands for. Yep. And it really is clearly, I, I'd probably go back to what I just said is <laughs> assume people might only remember one thing. So we want that life element to come through really strongly. You know, we we probably, well, not probably, we definitely focus more on a female. We don't just target females, but we are definitely female-friendly with our branding because we believe they're 
make most of the decisions in the household. So we're wanting to get that life element across and everything that we push out talks to that, talks to that emotion, how you're feeling about where your life's headed. Did you know this could help you with your goals or how you're feeling about your direction in life? So everything we do has that flavor because that's what we want people to remember. This is a really interesting point. Now, you mentioned, uh, and, and, and I know that you were on a uh, webinar that I was on recently that talked about the idea of, um, you know, some differences between a male and female. And one of those was, you know, we sort of come up with the idea that often uh, men can be narrow focused in thinking, which is, um, <laughs> which, which might be yeah. one thing at a time for, for us blokes. Uh, but then um, uh, women can have more of a approach on the whole of life or whole of scenario or that multitasking. You mean from the client point of view? Mm, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'll probably approach it in the fact that uh, a lot of guys would have a she'll be right attitude to most element, a lot of elements to their life. If we're, you know, particularly with what we're doing with this holistic approach to advising, it's a bit like having a house with lots of rooms in it. And I don't know if you've, <laughs> I went to something uh, a long time ago. She was a fantastic female presenter who talked about the differences between selling to men and selling to women. She said, men, imagine that a man's brain is the house. To have a conversation about a topic, you have to go into that room, close that door, lock that door, and only stay in that room and have that conversation, whereas women can run from room to room and have different conversations. So it's a bit like that, and I feel like women as a whole would... They, they want to know that these little pockets in their life have got momentum because they're the things that niggle away at them. Now, can we afford to send the kids to that school? Can What's going to happen with our retirement? Can we afford good holidays? Are we going to pay off the mortgage? All these things which you know, guys sometimes would just be focused on, I need to get work done today and, and get to the end of the day and have a beer or something like that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Was that a presentation from someone like Amanda McGee or something? I don't know. Was that? I yeah, think, I, I think I remember that presentation. I, I'm really annoyed because it's, I bought her book and I, I've been looking for it for a couple of years and I've <laughs> lost it. All right. Well, let's do some research and find that out. Uh, Tim, uh, thanks for catching up in this episode, though, uh, talking about branding and uh, the, the idea of what. Um, what advisors can be doing to? I think that the idea here is to start with this focus in mind. What is the uh, what is the outcome you want the client to say, and then uh, build uh, the rest of the business around it. Um, uh, you're going to come back for the other episodes in this series, so we look forward to catching you in the next episode. Good on you. Thanks, mate. And our next guest on this episode is Michael Topper. Welcome. Thanks very much, Fraser. Looking forward to it. Uh, now, do you want to give the listeners a very quick overview of you? Uh, sure. Um, I'm one of the founders and directors of Astute Wheel. Um, but I've been in this industry since about 2008. Prior to that, in accounting with KPMG, radio and TV, then the airline industry, then the marketing industry, and finally in financial services. And so I'm one of the few people in our business that isn't a financial advisor. Um, so I can hopefully bring a, a few different views of things, um, having that different background. Yeah, certainly a very diverse background. And obviously, uh, during the, this episode, we're talking a lot about branding and marketing and messaging for humans. So a lot of work uh, in different industries, working with different humans. Exactly. Makes it fun. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, uh, let's let's get into this. We're talking about uh, the concept of clients and, uh, you know, before they're a client, that, that, that messaging that we want to go out, what's the ultimate thing that clients can um, can be talking or saying about uh, goals-based advice and values-based advice, uh, say, to a friend at a barbecue? Yeah, I think, you know, from an advisor's point of view, just to keep things simple. So, you know, I think people try and overcomplicate marketing, whereas marketing is actually pretty simple. Marketing 101 is ask clients what they want and then give it to them. And if you do that, you've got a better chance of that, be, that being part of a discussion at a barbecue. Don't make things technical. Clients, once you help them understand goals and help them achieve goals, then that becomes the conversation at the barbecue. So, you know, what have you been up to? We've just come back from overseas. It was an awesome trip. Wow, how did you afford that? Well, my financial advisor helped me, blah, blah, blah. And that's where it comes through. And it's more experiential. So what are you doing? How did you do it? Who helped you get there? Yep, fantastic. And so if we go back to that, go into that conversation then, um, what are the sort of uh, 
what are the conversations that you think um, uh, drive that when it, when it comes to client conversations with each other? What, what, what's the, what the why behind, I guess, the, that conversation? Why bring it up and why talk about it? Yeah, the, the thing that's interesting from a research point of view is that people refer for their own reasons, not for the advisors. So there's no clients out there, typically, whose job it is to go and promote your business and make you more successful. That's not in their thinking. And I think you'll find in financial services, a lot of people are a bit wary about talking about their finances. It's kind of a taboo subject. So they're not going to do that easily. Where you, as an advisor, can make a difference is to make things very different to them. So at a barbecue, if someone was saying, you know, what did you get up to this week? Um, you know, I met with my financial advisor. How was it? And I was pretty dreary, went through the normal stuff. He gave me a big document I don't understand. How about you? Well, well, actually, I met with my advisor three months ago, and this is what we did together. The guy's going to go, who's your advisor? I think I need to move. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's a pretty dreary conversation if we started with, uh, with the first part. Um, but I'm thinking also along the lines of you know, uh, celebrating achievements. Um, you know, I think people like to sort of think at the barbecue, they like to celebrate their achievements or something that they're on track or feel good about. Yeah. And I think that's why it's really important. And advisors need to help their clients set short, medium and long-term goals. And short-term goal that everyone wants to achieve typically is go on a holiday. So um, if that's a goal or buy a car, um, and possibly it's the first time they've bought a new car rather than a second-hand one, that becomes a conversation piece. You know, how did you afford that? I know, you know, one female advisor I'd spoken to previously, you know, she helps her clients, typically female clients, buy as many shoes as they want and not feel guilty about it. And she's helped them do that by setting money aside in an account so that they can actually go to a shoe shop and buy expensive shoes. And that's that's her talking point of difference. That's something that'll come up at a barbecue rather than um, I met with my advisor earlier in the week and it was awesome. Yeah, I think you're exactly right there. It's the uh, it's the, it's celebrating those wins. It's like you said, if somebody rocks up to a barbecue with a new car, they're definitely going to be talk. There's definitely going to be a conversation about it. Yeah, and it's it's one of the things I, I don't know if you've read a book by Pad, Paddy Lund. He's a dentist, and he um, he changed his dental practice to be completely different to anything else. And he discovered quite quickly that what he valued, um, the clients didn't even understand. What they valued was the things that he did that was very different to other. Uh, dentists and so they could relate to those and they could talk to their friends about this dentist that does stuff completely differently to to a typical dentist and that's how he got referrals well I'm really intrigued now tell me about that what uh, what was what was he doing uh, so very different he didn't have a dentist chair that went up and down and back he had a, a bed that uh, was flat and he didn't go and then need all the expensive tools that need to move around with a chair he could keep that pretty simple um, something he did which was very different is that he wanted the place to be more like a cafe. So when people came in, he imported a very big and expensive um, coffee machine from Italy back in the days where that was pretty novel. Um, they had an oven and they used to cook um, buns in the, in the dentist as well. So it would actually smell like a nice place, not like a sterile dentist premises. But he also gave people um, a really good book before they became a client. So one is very picky about who became clients and it was all done through word of mouth. And secondly, before they came in for the first appointment, he would actually send them um, a document that had a whole lot of really good information for them so they could make informed decisions before they came in uh, for for a consultation. Yeah, I love, I love hearing uh, stuff that's outside the box like this when it comes to, you know, client client experiences and understanding you put your client first rather than just necessarily the way we always do it. Uh, especially when it comes to, um, you know, financial services, we're, uh, you know, we're a profession and we work as professionals and all of a sudden sometimes it starts getting unemotional and just becomes about, um, about strategy or product and those sorts of things. So, uh, I love, I love hearing those stories. Um, are, are you seeing any other stuff? I mean, I love the shoe conversation too, by the way, the guilt-free shoe account. I think that's a great way. Are you, are you hearing anything else uh, or seeing anything else that our, uh, advisors are doing really well when it comes to that, um, you know, how they're marketing or, or talking to their clients about goals-based advice? Um, they are, and particularly with COVID. So we've got a lot of feedback from advisors that use our system that COVID became a really good excuse, if you need an excuse, but a good reason to have goals conversations with clients. And so, you know, 
theoretically, goals-based advice has been around forever, and that may or may not be true. What hasn't been around are the tools that make it easy for you to conduct goals-based advice in a way that the client gets and makes it easy for the client. So the feedback we got from advisors was, you know, people were busy getting freaked out about COVID, what was happening to the share market, how that was impacting them. And so they got a lot of calls. They were able to settle that down quickly by using our live modeling tools to show them that actually they, the impact isn't that bad and here's some strategies to get back on track. And then thirdly, and it's been a while since we've spent some time with you working on your goals, let's just start from scratch and let's have a great goals conversation and, and develop the goals and use some tools to help you get those in place and so we can monitor those going forward. So yeah. a lot of advisors jumped on, on that during COVID. Yeah, exactly. But we'll jump into that in the in the next episode when we start to talk about some of those, um, you know, those engagements. Um, but I do, I do resonate with you that obviously, you know, we can. There are a lot of conversations that say, you know, every all advice is goals based advice. I know what you're talking about. Um, but I guess, I guess, some of times it gets lost in the conversation. Sometimes we get uh, lost in the idea that um, strategy uh, and product are off the back of strategy are such an important part of what advisors do that that um, that becomes the the topic of the conversation too often, rather than keeping the clients focused on what they want to achieve. Yeah, and I think from a, an advisor's point of view, their goal should be to be referable, make your business referable, and then figure out who the people are that can refer to you. Um, and professionals like accountants um, typically are pretty good referrers to financial advisors. Uh, unfortunately, they're not necessarily the best referrers, so you need some tools to help them do that. And whenever someone gets referred to a professional, the first thing they're going to do is look at their website. So make sure you've got a website that shows that you're professional, that you're different to other people, that you've got all the stuff that um, you can help clients have testimonials on there. And you know, have a, a really simple tool that they can complete. So you know, you can buy ones that they can do some of their own retirement modeling. We don't like that idea, but some advisors have that on their websites. Um, but something like a five-minute financial health check, so they can go there, fill in something, um, start a conversation with the advisor, then move on to the goals conversation and and um, a consultation. Yeah, I think you're uh, right with the website. The website is such an important part. It's the uh, it's the the doorway, the shop front for many people. So I think uh, investing in in your you know, your branding and around your website and understanding that that's going to be the first uh, point of call. Understanding that you know you're not going to be there for that conversation. So it's uh, it's it's very you know they're they're there to judge, and so you really do need to put your uh, best foot forward. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for catching up in this episode. We, you're, kind of, you're going to come back for the rest of our series, so we'll see you in the next episode where we start talking about uh, you know, ways to engage that client. Uh, really appreciate it. Fantastic. Thanks. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.